Hello, folks. Now that the Negative Positives podcast has completely sold out and is accepting your hard-earned money in the form of coffee donations or Kofi donations or basically KO-FI slash negative positives, we'd like to take this opportunity to sell our soul to corporate America and have a message from our sponsor. Mamma Mia's Camera World. They have the largest selection of Mamiya cameras, lenses, and accessories on the planet. Come on in to Mamma Mia's Camera World to buy, sell, or just browse. Also, don't forget to visit their in-store cafeteria for the finest in canned pasta dishes. One visit and you will scream, Mama Mamiya! Hey son, what are you doing? I'm listening to the Negative Positive Podcast with Mike Gutterman in the Gutterman Cave and he lives somewhere in Kentucky. Welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode number 303. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave on a uh, Sunday night here, uh, recording this. And yeah, uh, so if you might have noticed, uh, after our uh, <laughs> after our uh, word from our sponsor, Mama, Mama Mia's Camera World, thank you so much for their sponsorship, uh, you might notice a little bit different open to the show tonight. And uh, there's a little story behind that, and let me go ahead and get get that out here, I guess. But uh, Robert Lanez was our guest on episode number 257, so if you haven't heard that episode, I definitely recommend you uh, check that one out. Robert was a great guest, and uh, he, um, after he was on the episode, he sent me a video uh, like a day or two after the episode came out uh, where he was like driving, and his son was in the back seat. And his son was like amazed that he, uh, his his dad, had appeared on this very podcast. <laughs> and so then uh, after that, uh, for the 300th episode giveaway, Robert actually won my number one prize package. And so Rob, when Robert received the package from me uh, of the, the 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 goodness, the film goodness that I sent uh, as a for him being a big wiener on the episode 300, he sent me a photo of his son with a really shocked face. <laughs> <laughs> that his dad had received something from uh, from yours truly. So uh, I asked Robert if he could get his son, his son's name is Harrison, uh, to uh, record a little intro for the show. And so uh, Robert very graciously did that. So huge thanks to Mr. Robert Lanez and his son Harrison for uh, giving me a little open, a new a new open there to use there for this uh, for this episode. Uh, thank you, Harrison. That was a very great job. And uh, yeah, uh, I think you have a future in podcasting ahead of you. So there you go. <laughs> but uh, I will say this too. Um, uh, Robert uh, just recently, his father just recently passed away. So he has been going through, uh, you know, a, a difficult time. So uh, my thoughts and prayers to Robert and his family uh, on their loss. Uh, you know, we've uh, dealt with it quite a bit last year and it's a tough time. And I know for me, uh, when these things happened, uh, a lot of people in the film community reached out and gave me a, a big old virtual hug. So I'd like to extend that kind of virtual hug to the uh, Lanez family for their loss. So uh, very sorry to hear that, Robert. And hopefully uh, uh, everything is, um, uh, you know, hopefully you're, you guys are getting through it. And uh, again, thoughts and uh, prayers to you and your family. But okay, uh, let's get to uh, let's see. What, I got a lot of a lot of cool stuff in the mail in the last two weeks since I had the last solo show. So let's let's get into that. Uh, first off is uh, I got a a print from Mike Kukovica, and uh, it's a beautiful uh, black and white darkroom print. And uh, Mike says, "Hello, Mike. As promised, enclosed is a print that is a duplicate of the one given away on episode 300 of Negative Positives podcast." There was a lot of dodging and burning necessary, so despite my efforts to make these prints exactly the same, what you are holding is truly unique. Thank you and the team for building up a positive community, something I really appreciate. Sincerely, Mike Kukovica. Uh, and then he says, P.S. Please do not feel that you need uh, that you have to mention this on the podcast or wherever else you might. Uh, this is about you, not me. All I want is for you to experience a little pleasure from seeing and holding this print. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, that's a very nice sentiment. But I've got to give shout-outs, right? Props for uh, somebody sending me such a such a beautiful print. 
And I think that's the joy of darkroom printing, right? It's like n no single print is exactly the same. And uh, it would probably be something if I was into darkroom printing would help me in art shows because I could be like, hey, these are unique prints. Uh, there's not, you know, I can't just uh, reproduce these uh, exactly. So everyone's unique. So it's probably an angle that I haven't really uh, been able to um, explore in art shows uh, because uh, I don't do darkroom printing currently. But uh, yeah, it's a beautiful print. And uh, th thank you so much, Mike. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at drunk underscore darkroom so <laughs> I, li I like it already it sounds like a darkroom i'd like to be at so <laughs> all right uh next up we have uh, i got a, a really really beautiful zine uh from from bob saint seer and uh he sent me a really nice letter here uh it says uh hi mike it's good to know that many others are also passionate about film photography and the darkroom practice i hope you accept my first attempt at producing a zine which includes a small collection of portfolios I've made in my local area over the past two years. I find photography and working in the darkroom very therapeutic and believe it is a very important component to mental health. I've been practicing analog photography for many years and have enjoyed the opportunity to teach photography in a formal university setting to undergraduate students and hope for similar opportunities in the future. Suffice it to say, analog photography is simply ingrained into my being. The challenge I have is distribution and getting known as a fine art photographer. I recently posted this type of question on the Facebook page and got some interesting answers, some of which include suggestions uh, where I've already been there, done that. I'm not sure I have the time commitment to podcast or vodcast, so wonder if this is what photography has become if one wants to be taken seriously. Still trying to figure some things out, I guess, but one thing is for sure, I shall continue to follow the light both in faith and photographically. Thank you for your time, Bob St. Cyr. Well, thank you, Bob, so much for this, uh, these, this is awesome zine. Uh, you can find Bob on, uh, let's see, he is uh, saintseerphoto.blogspot.com and it is spelled S-T-C-Y-R photo, P-H-O-T-O, uh, .blogspot.com. He's also on Instagram at photobob and that is F-O-T-O dot bob, F-O-T-O dot bob on Instagram. As far as this, uh, this letter, yeah, I don't know, you know, I, I sell... Uh, photos at art shows and i still don't consider myself a fine art photographer it's like it's one of those things it's a hurdle it's hard to it's i don't know like i've never really wanted to call myself a musician either it's taken a lot of years for me to even uh, call myself that and i still sometimes wonder if i should call myself a photographer or a fine art photographer <laughs> but uh but yeah i don't know it's i will say this uh starting a podcast uh or a vodcast or whatever uh will not necessarily make people take your photography seriously because uh, i've got a podcast i don't think anybody takes mine that seriously so but uh it is it is difficult it's a it's a hard it's a very competitive field and it's hard to get uh your name out there there's so many people taking photos every day i mean we're in a time where you know everybody's a photographer and there's billions of photos loaded every day online it's it is hard to uh, kind of get your voice heard and the and just the absolute static that's out there is so much photography just being uh, exhibited and displayed through social media and uh, it's a tough it's a tough uh, road but you know I, I think uh, you just you just keep doing what you're doing because uh, this zine is awesome and you're definitely uh, qualify as a fine art photographer from what I'm seeing out of the zine so uh, I, yeah just keep uh, keep doing what you're doing uh, he also included a business card but also he has some of those you know those Kodak uh, negative uh, like uh, business card things, like on a film strip business card. I love those things. I really want to get uh, some of those for the podcast. I think. Uh, but before I kind of talk about his zine a little bit, he has a really really nice uh, uh, like intro to the zine, and so I kind of want to read this because it's just, it's a really really uh, uh, just nice thoughts. Uh, so he says, uh, photography historian Beaumont Newhall once said that over the years, photography has been to me what a journal is to a writer, a record of things seen and experienced, moments in the flow of time, documents of significance to me, experiments in seeing. I can truly say that a lot of what, okay, this goes on, now Bob is talking, so he says, I can truly say that a lot of what I do photographically resonates with Beaumont's words. Photography is a real privilege when as a photographer, I'm able to enjoy the experience of the place where I'm photographing and then come home with some of those experiences latent visual memories waiting for the next process to happen in the darkroom. Photography gives me a wonderful way in which to see deeply into that which was framed in a camera and decide if the inner eye within 
moves to make an exposure or not. The importance of photography is not only in the practice, because I can, but because of the passion and the process, which reflects dedication, commitment, and experience as the ingredients, which are innate in my relationship with photography. Photography for me is a whole and therapeutic experience, from the smells in the air, to the sounds of nature, to the wind in my hair, or the excitement of sharing my work and techniques with others. I'm motivated by the doing of my photographic art practice, getting out, just out and about with my cameras and rows of film in my pockets or loaded film holders in my bag. I'm motivated by the interplay of light and subject and the blessed opportunities to capture some of this on film and later on interpret the negatives into handcrafted gelatin silver uh, archival fiber prints. Here is a modest collection of some of my work, which is film-based as I continue to follow the light. I love that slogan too, follow the light. Uh, Bob St. Cyr. So yeah, this uh, photographs are, he's, he's in Canada. So uh, there's, uh, I guess, uh, some photos here. I guess it's Alouette Lake, uh, just beautiful black and white photography. And uh, this zine looks great. The printing quality is uh, really, really nice and uh, just really nice tones in these uh, photos. Uh, there's also... Um, uh, where he used a 35 millimeter film in a medium format camera and he used like an adapter uh, to do that. And uh, so there's like the sprocket hole, uh, there's a section of like sprocket hole photography, which is uh, something I, I have, I've, it's, it's on my list of things to do and I have yet to do it. But uh, man, there's some really nice uh, photos here and it's making me uh, want to move that little experiment up on my list because I have not done any sprocket photography. But, uh, and actually the cover is one of those photos of, uh, which is kind of cool because it kind of shows you that there's film content inside the scene. So, uh, and like the last section is uh, Stave Lake Powerhouse and uh, just some really nice uh, black and white photos of some like industrial structures and, and equipment and apparatus. And uh, it makes me when I saw those, I thought, you know, I've had people ask me, uh, you know, have you, have you ever snuck a camera into Ford? Technically, we're not supposed to allow to have cameras at Ford, but we all have phones that have cameras on it. So that's kind of a stupid rule. But uh, but I've always thought maybe I should take a film camera in there and you know, try to take some photos of some of the industrial kind of stuff that it's in Ford. But man, I don't really, the stuff, maybe it's because I'm there every day and I, and I kind of hate that place. I don't really see photos there very, very much. I, that nothing pops up as a good photo, but maybe one of these days I should try to sneak a little compact in there and uh, try to take some photos of some of the, some of the industrial type uh, stuff that's uh, in, a, in a factory. But because uh, Bob did a great job at it, much better than I would do, I'm sure. So, but uh, thank you so much, Bob, uh, for this uh, awesome zine. Uh, so definitely check out Bob's work. Uh, Saint Sear Photo, S T C Y R Photo. Blogspot.com, and uh, or on Instagram, Photo. Bob, F O T O. Bob, and uh, hey, maybe get a hold of him and get a copy of the scene. It's it, it'll be worth your time and effort because it's uh, it's beautiful. Okay, uh, next up, I got a couple of prints from uh, Dave Mahali, the old camera guy, and uh, always good to hear from Dave. So. Uh, Dave sends me a little, a little card here. It says, Hey Mike, knowing how much you love taking pictures of old signs, I highly recommend checking out the American Sign Museum in Cincinnati. Enclosed, you will find two Cinestill 800T prints. I chose Grantland in honor of your son. Well, that's cool, but uh, it's, I'll tell you about it in a second here. But, um, and the Pioneer Bar print in honor of your alcoholism. <laughs> Thanks again for all you do for the film community. Cheers, Dave. Dave Mahali, the old camera guy on YouTube and on Instagram. Just search the old camera guy and you'll find Dave. He does a great job on his YouTube channel and his Instagram feed. So, uh, but he did send me two color prints. Looks like out of the HP Instant Ink, ink program, the Envy printer, I guess, because these are on some HP paper. And, uh, you know, it is the hottest trend in home printing. It's taken over the world by storm. Uh, but, yeah, the, the one about my son Grant, my oldest son's name is Grant. And he has a picture of some signs. Uh, and it says Grantland Barbershop. And then in the in the background is this old Zenith radio television sign. And I made a comment on like a face cast about these prints uh, that I, uh, we, I, we grew up with Zenith televisions. I don't even know if Zenith is still around anymore, but uh, I always loved their logo. Uh, and I, I, I think I'm gonna have to search out like a t-shirt with that old Zenith logo. But there's in, in the background, you can see a Zenith sign, which I kind of, kind of uh, I really thought was cool. But, uh, and I'm actually gonna like talk to my son, see if he, Wants this print on his wall. I think I'm going to frame this and hang it on my son's wall. I think he'll get a big kick out of it saying Grantland on there. Uh, so, but so very cool. And then the uh, tribute to my alcohol, <laughs> alcoholism is a uh, a neon sign that says Pioneer Liquors Bar. It's right up my alley, Dave. This these are the type of shots that you know 
I like to do uh, ode signs, neon, that kind of stuff. That's 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 really speaks to me. So uh, very very cool. And uh, I, I'm gonna have to make it to this place. I didn't even know this place existed. Cincinnati is about I don't know hour and a half drive for me. Not not too far at all from Louisville, Kentucky. So um, it looks like I might have a road trip because uh, I mean if there's ode signs, you know I, I want to capture them. And boy, I could blow through some. I could blow through blow through some film in a place like that. So thank you very much, Dave. All right, and then last up, uh, I got something from Ethan Moses. And uh, if you've seen the face cast I put up, uh, the weekend face cast, I show it. And actually, all these, uh, I have made face casts on the Facebook group about uh, little videos kind of showing you, uh, like Bob's uh, zine, uh, the prints I got from Dave Mahali, and uh, Mike Kukovica. And uh, so they're all on the Facebook group. So, uh, so if you want to see these uh, things in, in, in a video form, because I know podcasts are kind of hard to talk about photography or at least, you know, whatever. But uh, anyhow, Ethan Moses uh, from Camera Dactyl and also uh, co-host of the uh, Homemade Camera uh, podcast. He sends me a letter here. He says, uh, and first, let me tell you about the zine first so the letter kind of makes sense. It's a, it says, it's a little hand-bound book says camera stickers on the front and camera dactyl. And inside is just page after page of just tons of cameras. And the cool thing is, these aren't just photos of cameras. These, uh, each page is a sticker. So, <laughs> so you can peel these stickers off of all these old uh, uh, analog film cameras and stick them on things. And uh, there's so many cameras in here that I own and that I love. And it's just really, really cool. And like I said in the facecast, uh, I'm a I'm a sticker I'm a sticker fanatic. I'm a stickler for stickers, and uh, but I and so a, a whole book of stickers of cameras makes me super happy. But this book looks so cool as it is. I'm almost afraid to like pull a sticker out and stick it on something because I kind of want to keep it intact. But I don't know. We'll see if my if my sticker obsession gets gets the best of me and it makes me want to like stick these on things. But <laughs> so <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, let's get to Ethan's uh, letter. He says. Uh, Dear Mike, I thought you might uh, like my latest distraction. I wanted to get better at drawing by hand, but all my pens were dry. So I ordered some pens on, uh, I can't even, I don't know what that is. Oh, Amazon. So sorry. (laughs) I've got half a notebook left and I wanted uh, one without lines. So I went looking for those too. Unlined notebooks seem to be at least 10 times more expensive than the, 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 the lined composition notebooks. Sorry, I'm having a little bit of trouble with cursive here, but uh, <laughs> uh, the, the lined composition notebooks that I've been buying at Wally World for years. So while waiting my new box of pens, I enrolled in YouTube University and learned how to make my own damn notebooks out of this here printer paper. <laughs> so two days later, and I've made no progress whatsoever on my latest photographic designs, but I have picked up some book binding. I made myself a few notebooks, which were okay at best, but good enough. I revisited some camera stickers that I had printed on my postage printer to make some notebook covers, and it dawned on me. People don't want to see my pictures, but it seems that everyone's a camera fetishist fetishist these days. (laughs) I bet people would like uh, some of these camera stickers that I already made years ago. So I spent the day printing and gluing and stamping. I made a limited edition of the worst printed and worst bound zine you have ever seen. It's printed on a uh, thermal label printer and bound with a mixture of Elmer's eating glue and huffing glue. <laughs> My friend Joe called them artisanal. I call them bootleg. <laughs> I hope you'll call them the hottest sticker zine in analog photography that's taking over the world by storm in 2020. <laughs> they're not archival. They're not collector's items, but they're fun. I'd like to think that they're a real working man zine. <laughs> anyway, I hope you dig this copy and maybe find a good spot in the Gutterman Cave for a nice Pentax, <laughs> Pentax uh, sticker. Uh, all right, all the best, and I hope you uh, to surprise and delight you guys some more in 2020. Sincerely, Ethan, and in parentheses, Chad, his alter ego, Chad. <laughs> Well, well, thank you so much, Ethan. This uh, I'm telling you guys, like, uh, get a hold of Ethan and see if he has some of these left. Uh, this little camera sticker zine is really, really awesome and something really unique. And there's a video up uh, that I think Matt Jones posted uh, on the Facecast uh, discussion on the group about this about the zine. And uh, there's a so basically there's a YouTube video up where Ethan uh, shows. Uh, 
the process of him making these things and it is a lot of work he put a lot of work into these things so uh definitely get a hold of ethan moses of camera dactyl and see about getting your own copy of uh, the camera stickers book because uh, you will love it it is it is really uh, really unique and I, I think it's funny uh I'll actually i will go ahead and say it uh this book is uh the hottest sticker zine in analog photography and it is taking over the world by storm so <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. So, uh, all right. Uh, thanks Ethan. Uh, very, very cool. Okay. Uh, what else here? Uh, let's go ahead and get to, uh, oh, one last thing, um, before I get to a call on camera review, uh, Sherry Christensen's Embrace the Grain podcast. I was a guest on there and that episode just came out, uh, this, I think it was this last Thursday, uh, episode 35 of Embrace the Grain from Sherry Christensen, and it was a real blast to uh, be on her podcast, and I've gotten some good feedback from it, and I hope that uh, Sherry did as well. Uh, but yeah, so you can check that out, uh, and check out all of Sherry's episodes. She's doing a great job, and I, I, I give Sherry a lot of props. You know, she uh, uh, she actually comes up with good questions on her own, whereas me, I, I have the Facebook <laughs> group ask most of our questions to our guests but sherry uh sherry uh, had some good questions for me and uh it was just a real blast and it's always always fun talking to sherry so uh check out episode 35 of embrace the grain uh, with uh, yours truly on there and actually just check out all of our episodes because you know, we all know sherry's awesome so uh embrace the grain podcast check it out okay uh let's get to a um uh let's see a colin camera review uh let's see and let's the next one up is going to be from jack allen uh, he was originally from the UK, but now lives in San Francisco. Uh, he's going to be talking about the Mamiya RB67. So let's listen to what Jack has to say about that camera. Hello, negative positive pals. It's Jack here with a calling camera review for the beefcake that is the Mamiya RB67. For those of you who have handled one of these, you will understand that this thing is heavy. Despite the weight, this camera is still surprisingly quite well balanced and it can be nestled in two hands very comfortably and um, with a decent strap you wouldn't be too unhappy carrying this around for a few hours but eventually the weight will catch up to you it's definitely a dedicated system i picked one of these up solely for portrait work and this is one of the areas that the rb67 shines the bellows focusing system can really let you get up close without having to awkwardly change to a macro lens mid-shot this was like the biggest selling point for me, as I was previously using a Rolleiflex for all my portrait work, and having to snap the filters on and off, that's the Rollinars or Rollipars, eh, it was just annoying. When you suddenly got to the 3 feet limit and you wanted to go 2.5 feet, you've got to pop the sucker on and, you know, it's just, it's just irritating. Uh, Andre will understand a little about what I mean, and anyone else who's used these filters will know they're great, but... Yeah, they come with caveats. So a feature that the camera has, and I, I'm going to call it a feature, is the absolute thunderclap that you make every single time you push that shutter button. It makes shooting overall really satisfying, and cranking that mirror back down should should be considered a form of therapy. Let's just hear. It. Oh, that is a chunky sound. A little drawback is that, although this lever action makes a lot of sense, it can be quite easy to forget that the lever doesn't advance the film back, so you need to crank a separate lever on the film back, and when you're getting started out with this thing, if you're not too used to it, it's going to lead to a few double exposures. Not the worst thing in the world, but it is a little bit annoying. Um, so yeah, just be mindful of that and slow down. As we know, film photography helps you slow down. What's also nice is that if you are a glutton for punishment, you can opt for the prism viewfinder to add a hefty like bonus bit of weight to it. It turns this camera suddenly into a real workout, but all jokes aside, the prism finder is a really nice addition and it's what makes these system cameras so attractive. It just means you can get that eye level view without having to stand on like a step ladder or if you simply just don't want to have the waist level thing where you're pointing up. I've not really come across this issue too much, as I kind of like the lower down viewpoint, but I could understand why it would bother some people. Plus, the image being mirrored can get super confusing. Now, one of the biggest features and the namesake of this camera, the RB, is the rotating back. Now, this is super helpful um, just in general. Like, it means if you've got this bad boy mounted on a tripod or even just handheld, 
You can change the orientation from portrait to landscape with no issues at all. This is really, really helpful because if you try to hold this camera on the side, even with a prism finder, it it's not terribly weighted, uh, it's, but it, it does feel like it's kind of going to slip out of your hands and you really don't want this thing to hit the dirt or your toe because it's, it's not going to be pretty. So when you rotate the back, the sort of default position is you've got these two dotted lines on the side and that's for your portrait orientation. When you flip it, a couple of red bars pop up and that'll be your landscape lines. So it's, it's pretty intuitive for the most part. Something you can come across with some of these uh, cameras is the dotted lines turn into kind of wiggly footpath-esque lines. Um, I'm not exactly sure why it does this, but it's like they just separated off the viewfinder. And the nice thing is you can get replacement screens quite easily. They're not like insanely rare. And if you do have a copy with lines that are just a little bit off, it doesn't affect the functionality. You just have to be a little bit more conscious of your framing. As a system camera, like again, so versatile. The choices of lenses for this thing are that there's so many. And for me, like taking the jump from a Tessar like Rollerflex up to the Secor glass was gigantic. Like this, it, it's so so good. Um, particularly for portrait work. I'm a big fan and I know others who do landscapes with this and just don't stop going on about how nice Mimia glass is. There's a reason things like the Mimia 7 are popular. Like these guys, they, you know, they know what they're doing, which is really, really like, pleasant. This is just generally an excellent choice of a camera if you have something like a photo shoot planned, something dedicated where you're either meeting someone in a space or even a studio, which is probably the best thing. I mean, this was originally intended to be a studio camera, sat on a tripod, not moving much, and picking it up, of course, you understand why. But overall, it's not the best walk-around camera. Prove me wrong, and if you've got big, chonky biceps to prove it, that's great. Leave some comments somewhere um, and show it off. So, of course, as is tradition, I will end with this. My uncle invented the cold air balloon. It never really took off. Thank you for tuning in and shoot some cool film photos. <laughs> well, thank you, Jack Allen, so much for your call-in camera review for the Mamiya RB67. I know that uh, you know our, our our new sponsor, uh, Mama Mia's Camera World, would be very happy that uh, we have a, a call-in about a camera they're probably selling in that shop. So. <laughs> And and also thanks for the hey a little a little dad joke there at the end there I always appreciate those but uh, you can see uh, Jack Allen's work uh, he has a website it is Jack J A C K dash Allen A L L A N dot com Jack dash Allen dot com A L L A N dot com he's also on Instagram at Jack dot W dot Allen and again it is A L L A N uh, Jack.W.Allen on Instagram. And uh, one thing I will say, uh, I've gotten a couple more uh, calling camera views in the last week or so. Uh, one thing that a lot of people are not doing at the end of your calling camera view, please feel free to give out your social uh, information. Uh, I, so, you know, I just gave Jack's out, but he could have uh, been very happy if he had included that. And then when you guys send in a call and camera review, feel free to put out your socials out there. Promote yourself a little bit. I mean, you guys are doing me a favor by giving me free content for the show. So, you know, promote yourself a little bit and get a little something out of it and get your socials out there if you want. So uh, when you send in a call and camera review. And it is easy to do a call and camera review. Just... Uh, you could do it on your phone through your voice recording app, or uh, you can get on your computer and, and record a file. However, you want to record an audio file, uh, they always are uh, every. I've had many different methods of people sending me audio files, and they've always uh, been fine. So, uh, very simple to do. Uh, just record an audio file any way you want. Easiest way is your phone, and uh, just uh, yeah, send it to negpositives at gmail.com, The audio file. And I can pretty much uh, work with any audio format. Uh, MP3 is my preferred format. That's uh, what I actually edit this podcast in. But anything you send me, I can convert it to MP3 for my editing process. So it's all good. But yeah, uh, send it to negpositives at gmail.com. And we will get you in the queue to uh, get on the air. Uh, but thank you so much, Jack Allen. 
for that uh, call-in camera view and uh, obviously the dad joke. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's uh, let's take us a little break here and I'll come back in the second segment with uh, another call-in camera review because I'm trying to do like two of these uh, per solo show. And uh, since we're only doing solo shows every two weeks, um, it gets a little more, as much listener interaction as I can because that's what these shows are for. So uh, we'll take a break and I'll be right back, folks. Folks, we are back from the break, and uh, next up we have not a Colin camera review, a Colin film review, and this one comes from Bill Smith from the Classic Camera Revival podcast, our good friends up there in Canada. So let's listen to what Bill Smith has to say: a Colin film review about Ultrafine Extreme. Hi, it's Bill Smith from the Classic Camera Revival. How are you doing? So yeah, this is a phone in review. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. We're not reviewing the camera today. We're going to talk about something a little different. Today, I want to talk to you about Ultrafine Extreme 400. Yes, everyone's favorite cheap and cheerful black and white film. Uh, I know a few members of the Negative Positives community are uh, staunch evangelists for this emulsion. Uh, hello there, Jason Konopinski. I'm talking to you. So I got onto the bandwagon this past summer. I bought a bunch of uh, 36 exposure rolls through Downtown Camera and ran it through my Nikon FM2, uh, mostly with a 50F2 AI Nikkor lens with a yellow filter on the front. And the best results um, when you're shooting at box speed, yes, use the yellow filter. I usually expose at roughly 320 ISO and you get magic. Um, the skies look gorgeous on a bright sunny day and you've got a little bit of life in the emulsion when you're shooting on a cloudy day especially this time of year in my part of north america where today's cloudy skies remind me of very pale anthracite tomorrow will be distressed pewter but hey that's uh we're getting off topic so Ultrafine Extreme 400 is uh, the cheap and cheerful film. It's cheaper than Fomapan. In Canada, you can buy it for $6.50 a roll for um, 36 exposures. I wound up buying two bulk rolls from Ultrafine Warehouse on eBay. And um, I think that all came in for just a tick over 100 bucks Canadian with shipping. Uh, so I'm well stocked in that uh, Ultrafine Extreme 400, like its slower counterpart, uh, the 100 ISO emulsion. It's available in 35 and 120 um, format. Uh, also, uh, Ultrafine Extreme uh, pushes really nice, especially to 1600. I uh, shot a pushed roll uh, a few weeks ago in Toronto. I was on my way to an event in the evening. So I started in the afternoon because, again, soggy cement skies. And it gives you something to, to shoot with uh, so it doesn't look too dreary. And then when the evening comes around, oh, boy, does it look great when you're doing night, when you're just wandering around with night photography with a, a wide lens on your camera. So, again, uh, my results were uh, through using HC110 Dilution B for five minutes flat at bo near box speed. Which can do box speed of five minutes too. When you're pushing to 1600 ISO, I used a nine minute time with HC 110 Dilution B. Uh, and again, I got great results. So, is this film for you? Well, this is a film that punches way, way above its weight class. Uh, you're getting almost tier one results at a really cheap price. Now, I am not going to go into like the whole is 
UFX 400 rebadged Kentmere 400. I haven't shot Kentmere 400, so I really can't tell you. But what for what I figure it is, it is an emulsion made just for Ultrafine Warehouse. So there. This is my review on the uh, Ultrafine Extreme 400. If you love shooting black and white, and you're on a wee bit of a budget, and you like processing at home, this is uh, your uh, this is your film. So it's Bill Smith from the Classic Camera Revival. Stay cool and shoot lots of film, as the old saying goes. Have a great afternoon, guys. Well, thank you so much, Bill Smith from the Classic Camera Revival podcast for your call-in film review for Ultrafine Extreme. See, folks, it doesn't always have to be about cameras. It will take any subject anywhere in your world of film photography. Uh, anything you want to say, get off your chest. Uh, these always, uh, they'll, they'll get played. So it doesn't always have to be a camera review. You can talk about film, developing processes, anything you've run into in your film photography uh, journey, and uh, we can get those on the air. Uh, but yeah, the Ultrafine Extreme. Uh, I My first experience of shooting it uh, was at the FPP Walking Workshop several a couple years ago, a couple summers ago, when John Gregory from A Light in the Dark podcast and I went up to the FPP Workshop, Walking Workshop in FPP, uh, I mean, uh, in Finley, Ohio, and uh, John asked me if I'd shot any of it. And I was like, no. So he, he like tossed a couple of ultra fine extreme rows across the uh, hotel room at me. And I shot some of it. And I really, really, really liked the results. And I developed it in HC 110 as well, like Bill did. And got just, I got really, really fantastic results. I haven't pushed it yet. Uh, I've only shot it at box speed, uh, which uh, I did buy a hundred foot row from ultra fine. Uh, I think in the United States, it was about 40 bucks. Actually, I guess with shipping, it was under $50 for a 100-foot roll of 35-millimeter. So it's really hard to beat, and it is a great film. Like, it is, uh, for the price, uh, it's really, really hard to beat. Uh, do I like it as much as Tri-X or X or whatever? Eh, probably not, but, man, it's right there. It's real close, and it's a great film. Uh so I'm very happy that Bill kind of gave his uh, development tips for pushing it to 1600 because that's something when I break into my 100-foot roll of it, uh, certainly uh, some of my experiments are going to be to push it. Uh, so it's kind of I'm glad to have gotten Bill's developing tips there with HC110 because that's typically the developer I, I tend to use. Uh, but yeah, it's it's hard to beat that film, folks. It's uh, it's really, uh, really good. And John uh, actually... <laughs> Uh, John Gregory from a light in the dark podcast when he gave me those rows uh, he I don't think he was the biggest fan of it but I do I did see where he recently bought some more of it so I think he's going to give it a second a second chance with uh, some fresh eyes I think uh, if nothing else just to test out some cameras I guess which you know it's a great film but even if you just need a cheap film just to test out cameras or whatever it's uh, that, that has its purpose there too because uh, uh, I I just really like the results out of it and man it's hard to beat for that price right so uh, when, when we worry and talk about uh, price increases for film photography, well, this one's kind of, uh, this is a good choice for those that are a little bit on a budget. Uh, I just wonder when the price increase is, is coming for that. I do like that Bill uh, uh, did not want to enter the debate on what this film actually is because <laughs> no one really knows. And uh, <laughs> uh, there's a, there's speculation that it might be a rebadged Kent Mirror film. Uh, the packaging definitely does look Ilford slash Harmon-esque as far as like the way the and exp expiration date is printed on the boxes and all that stuff. So the packaging does resemble something from Harmon, Ilford, Kentmere or whatever. So who knows what it actually is. One of those great mysteries in the uh, film photography world, right? And I do also love Bill... <laughs> Bill Smith, his catch line at the end. Uh, our catch line is everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos. Bill has turned it into something else. And uh, or I don't know, shoot lots of film and stay cool or something like that. I, I love it. Uh, Bill, you do you, man. Like you got your slogan, you stick with it, brother. So, But thank you so much. Bill Smith from the Classic Camera Revival Podcast, our good friends up in Canada. So... All right, let's take uh, one uh, last break, and then I'll come back and wrap this show up with something I, I want to talk about. So uh, we'll take a break and be right back, folks.
folks. We are back for the final segment, and I, uh, I've been going through a situation where uh, not only like kind of clearing out some camera gear recently, I've been also kind of like selling some music gear off and trying to like uh, basically. Uh, if you're a musician, maybe you don't know this, but if you are a musician, you know that pedal boards are like a, a big obsession. Your your effects pedals. So I've been trying to like get down to my like just my favorite absolute effects pedals on my pedal board or whatever. So I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos of of like uh, you know music gear or whatever. So but I ran into this video from uh, and it was really nice. About it's been an hour long. It was from Ed O'Brien, uh, a guitarist, one of the guitarists for Radiohead. Radiohead's one of my favorite bands. So it was a very enjoyable uh, uh, thing to watch or whatever because I just love Radiohead and everything they do. But uh, but he was talking at one point about uh, this kind of known thing about the creative process. And I'd never heard this before. But after he said it, I went and did a Google search. I was like, what, what was he talking about? And there's this thing about the creative process like the six steps of the creative process and this applies for anybody whether it's music or photography or whatever kind of art you're trying to do anything you're trying to do be create creative in the six stages of the creative process and i got a good kick out of this uh the first step is this is awesome which is you know when you start something new you're like oh man like yeah this is this is, this is great like i'm gonna change the world with this and then as uh, the second step is uh this is tricky <laughs> so would you start realizing that maybe uh, uh, some of the awesomeness of the newness of your creative process wears off? You realize this is a little, a uh, little more tricky than I, I thought it would be to uh, make this photo or this uh, piece of music or whatever uh, as as good as I want it to be. And then the third phase, which I really like, this is shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> or you, then you start self-doubting yourself and uh, and, and 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 start like. Uh, I think maybe we've all done this. Maybe you take a photo and you think this is awesome. And then you start, uh, you develop it and you're like, eh, and you're trying to get it to look the way you want to, maybe in Photoshop or whatever. And you like, this is tricky. And then you kind of give up. It's like, ah, oh, hell with it. This, this, is fo- this photo is just shit. So, <laughs> which then leads to step four. I am shit. <laughs> So after you uh, uh, realize that uh, the, the awesomeness of uh, you think your, your, your work is, after you've uh, realized that uh, you're starting to think it's shit, then you start questioning yourself as an artist. Uh, well, I'm just a crap photographer. I am shit. <laughs> but as you live with it a little further, number, step number five, eh, this might be okay. <laughs> so so uh, you then at that point, you kind of start rebounding a tad bit. And then step six, this is awesome, where you finally embrace the uh, final output of your of your work, whether it be a photo or, or whatever you're working on artistically. I, I'd never actually heard this, uh, and I, I got a big kick out of it. Uh, but one thing that, that did come out of watching this YouTube video and, and, and then reading this, this six tips of the creative process is, um, uh, you know, insecurity. Uh, insecurity in your art and I think all of us as artists whether it be photography or music uh, I have always been insecure about both Uh, I've never really felt like I excelled at either one of those uh, things that I have so much passion for and I continue to pursue Uh, but I've always been insecure about it I mean like like I, I said on Sherry Christensen's Embrace the Grain podcast episode that I was on, I'm approaching my 14th year of doing this art show. And every single year, I get butterflies the first day of the art show, even though I've done it for coming on 14 years. Uh, when I go to put my photography on the wall before people arrive and uh, before the, the, the masses start showing up to see it, I have like butterflies and I question myself, is this stuff any good? Does anybody actually want to buy any of this? Is, uh, you know, just putting myself out there. It's always butterflies. Anytime I've played a gig, I'm like, uh, my hands are shaking. I'm just, I'm so nervous about like playing music live in front of people. Uh, I've always been insecure about my art, uh, uh, whether it be music or photography. And so, and I, I would love to be confident about it. I would love to be. But I do think maybe confidence isn't good in art. And I think all of us as uh, in artist, artistic endeavors, we all feel a little bit insecure, right? Like we all think, wonder and think, are we good enough? Are we, 
this is even deserve to be seen? Would people even want to see this or hear this or whatever your you know your artistic expression is? Um, but I I think if I was confident, that would actually probably be a bad thing, right? Because if I was kind of confident and cocky about it, uh, I think it might kind of cloud my my process a little bit and maybe even not keep me motivated. I think insecurity in your art, which I think we all go through, is actually a good thing. And I think we should embrace it uh, because it keeps you motivated. I mean, if you're insecure about your art, you're always trying to perfect it. You're trying to get better, trying to get better, better, better. I want to I want to do better next time, I, you know. And I think there's something, there's some value in insecurity in your art that I, th that I think we all go through uh, because it keeps you motivated, right? It's, uh, if, if you were confident and cocky about your artistic process then maybe you'd get a little bit lazy and maybe not improve i think insecurity might be something that instead of kind of regretting something we should maybe embrace a little bit right because it keeps us motivated to improve and get better and better and push ourselves to get better because we think our art is shit right <laughs> so and if you think your art is awesome then maybe it'll not be so awesome because you're not going to be so driven to improve or uh, or try to do th new things or experiment or whatever. So uh, just kind of some thoughts, a really random thing that came out of watching a little interview with Ed O'Brien from Radiohead, uh, uh, it, 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 which is kind of interesting because it's, it's, it's listening to artists talk about their art, whether it be in photography or music or, or in any field, we all kind of share the same artistic uh, dilemmas and no matter what the art form is so I just I just found a, an interesting little uh, thing that kind of made me think about things a tad so just kind of want to get that out there and, and and see what you guys thoughts are on this I think that maybe um, we kind of hate the fact that we're insecure sometimes about our artistic expressions but maybe that's a good thing right uh, maybe we should embrace that and and and, and turn it into a positive so okay uh, last thing I need to get to is of course uh for the month of march all the coffee donations ko-fi donations www.ko-fi.com slash negative positives all those uh donations for the month of march are going to roxana angles uh film uh photography program that she has with her students at her school uh, she's dealing with a lot of students that have anxiety issues and other issues, and she's using a, uh, a program uh, that she's pretty much doing all her own with no funding other than, you know, what the community has, has gifted her and all that. Uh, it's pretty much all her own time and out of her pocket to kind of help these students and use film photography as like a therapeutic uh, sort of, uh, you know, solution to uh, kind of uh, help these kids out. And it's a, it's a very worthwhile cause. So all the donations for march and the kofi donations for negative positives are going to uh, support her on that and we've had uh so a lot of donations come in so uh you know i have to get to this i have to like uh mention all these uh coffee donations and we certainly appreciate it i know roxana does it is uh definitely uh something that she's uh very very uh dedicated to and um passionate about and so it warms my heart and i'm sure it warms hers as well so let's get to some coffee donations. Uh, first up is Harry Salmonen, and then we have Betsy Carl, and then we have Jess Lance, who says, even though I had to watch this morning's face cast sideways, <laughs> I've had an issue lately where I'll post a face cast and uh, Facebook for whatever, like turns it the wrong way. So I think that's been fixed. But uh, anyway, he says, here's some support heading your way, making sure Andre has whipped cream and his cocoa while you and Roxana <laughs> get a latte and i want one of those cool kid pins uh by the way all the donors uh, are getting a negative positives button and sticker while supplies last uh, i've been sending those out uh as, as, as quick as i can and uh, so everyone is getting a uh, that's donating is getting a negative positive button and a sticker uh next uh, next thing up is uh next person up is david utterson then we have um uh, let's see uh, angela solis thank you and Matt Jones. And then, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Gabe Sachs. He says, excited about the buttons. Thanks for all the great shows so far. Looking forward to many more. Uh, and then we have Eric O'Hara uh, donated. And then 
uh, Colin Hatcher. He says, hey, Mike, thanks again. I didn't expect you sending more so soon. <laughs> Kidding, <laughs> but those pins caught my eye. <laughs> well, thank you, Colin. And then uh, next up, Bill Thu. Thank you, Bill. And Jim Graves. And then we had George Larkins. He says, enjoy every episode. Send me one of those groovy pins if they're not sold out yet. Waiting to get my greasy, grimy Motor City hands on Dustin Cogsdale's mystery package. <laughs> well, George must have won Dustin Cogsdale's famous mystery package uh, on the 300th episode. So, George, I hope you enjoy getting your hands all over Dustin's package when it, when it arrives. <laughs> and uh, next up is... Um, uh, Tim Anderson uh, has donated. Uh, Tim, I actually reached out to you to get your address because I wanted to send you a button. You didn't give me your address, so I want to send you a button and sticker. So, hey, hit me up if you want one, uh, and I'll get one out in the mail to you. Uh, next up is uh, Jeremy Van Scalquick. Uh, he says, those buttons look sweet. Please make sure you aren't giving away things that cost you more than you're getting from coffee or it won't be helping you. Well, Jeremy, I I've got it figured out. I've got my cost down to a point where even the minimum donation, we still uh, can uh, have some money to give to Roxana's program. So, uh, but thank you, Jeremy. And next up is uh, Jody Gunster. She says, hey guys, I've been listening to the podcast for a while now. I've listened to every episode. It's my favorite photography podcast. Love the addition of Roxana as co-host. And uh, she, gives, she gives me her mailing address. So Jody, you have a pin and button, uh, I mean a button and a sticker coming to you. So uh, next up is uh, Scott Hollenbach. Uh, yeah, Hellenbach. And uh, Helen Bach. There it is. Helen Bach. I said Helen Bach. <laughs> Helen Bach. That would be a great name. Helen Bach. Uh, hello, Mike, Roxana, Andre. Please accept my support for Roxana's Photo Club. I love all that she is doing to help her kids learn about photography. I love the show, and I hope I'm in time to receive one of those negative positive stickers. I need one for my beer fridge. Well, Scott, you have one on the way. So uh, next up is Patrick Lynch. Uh, and he says, for art, for the kids, for film. And, uh, <laughs> and next up, Paul O'Connor. Just a little sum to say thank you. Love the podcast. Mike, if you have a pen or sticker laying around, uh, and he gives me his address. And Paul, you have one on the way. Uh, next up, Nigel Cliff. Happy to support Roxana's excellent work. Well, thank you so much, Ni Nigel. Uh, very generous. And uh, Mike Kukavica. The Drunk Dark Room on Instagram, who sent me the print that I talked about earlier in this episode. Uh, he says, I'm glad that this month will go towards supporting Roxana's kid, uh, ki Roxana's kids. I want as much money to go towards that cause as possible, so please don't send me anything. Well, I did send Mike a, a sticker and a button because he deserved it. So, uh, uh, but yeah, and uh, so, but thank you, Mike. Uh, and then last up is Jess Hobbs. And uh, she, uh, she was our guest last week, and I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. We had a lot of good uh, uh, feedback about that, and it was a real blast. So if you haven't listened to it yet, definitely check out the episode with Jess Hobbs. She is amazing, and she sends a, a donation. She says, I hope this helps Roxana. I really admire what you do. Keep up the awesome work, and if there are any of those sweet pins left, I'd love to take one off your hands. So, so Jess, you have a sticker and a, a, a negative positive pin coming your way as well. And thank you so much for joining us as a guest last week. It was awesome. Uh, all right, that's the uh, the coffee slash Kofi donations again. Any donations in the month of March go to support uh, Roxana Angles' uh, film program with her students uh, in her school that she is a. Uh, uh, I guess a counselor for is that, is that right? I'm hoping I'm right there, Roxana. Uh, and yeah, so that all the all the donations in March go to that, and that is www.kofi.ko-fi.com/slash negative positives. And uh, while supplies last, you get a button and a sticker uh, for any donations for this month. And if I run out, I'm getting a little low uh, on the stickers, and and I still have uh, some, some buttons left. Uh, I'm getting a little low, but I will try to replenish those and make sure everyone gets one. So uh, that's uh, I don't think that uh, uh, I want to try to give back to the people that give uh, to something as awesome as Roxana's program. So uh, I'll try to keep those in stock and order more when I run out so everyone will get something back from us for being so awesome and generous to this program and to Roxana. Okay, so this is a solo show. So, you know, in the solo shows, I've made a call out. Uh, both in the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group and the Negative Positives Music group for all you music fans are out there that want to discuss music with fellow photographers. We have a, a really cool group uh, going on there that you can join. Uh, but uh, I made a call out like, hey, if any of you guys have any original music that you have recorded, send the files to me 
uh, audio files and I will put them on the end of solo shows and I've gotten some great submissions and I'm so like I'm so pumped about it I've, I've just really really enjoyed uh, hearing your all's musical endeavors uh, alongside seeing your all's phot photog photographic endeavors and so I've gotten some really good submissions and I really thank you guys for that and by the way anybody else out there has any uh, audio recordings of original music that you've done as a musician or whatever uh, send them to me and I'll put them on the end of solo shows here like I'm going to do right now and the next one up is from Karsten Duck Deutschman and uh, <laughs> he sends me an email he says hey Mike I haven't been in a studio in a long 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 time but you wanted something that had at least some decent quality uh, here comes and the, the track we're going to hear right now is called uh, Monstrous Walk Bleakman's Planet Bob. <laughs> it says Bleakman's Planet was a studio project with changing musicians. In this case, it is me on bass and a few guitar tracks, and I'm gonna butcher this name, and Jorgen Bleakman programming the drums and mixing, etc. Monstrous Walk was the theme song for a short animation movie by I'm probably gonna butcher this one too. Uh, Anja Real or Ryle, it's R-I-E-H-L, which I unfortunately cannot find online any longer. So we're going to hear a little uh, piece of music that Karsten Doc Deutschman uh, played bass on. It's Monstrous Walk by Bleakman's Planet. And I will play that tune uh, after I get out the social ending stuff of this podcast. So uh, as soon as we get the socials out here and all that closing crap, <laughs> then you'll hear Monstrous Walk by Bleakman's Planet with Mr. Karsten Doc Deutschman on the bass guitar. Play the bass. And I <laughs> playing the bass and so uh yeah and he actually has another song he sent me to that i'll have in an upcoming episode as well but uh but but that's what you'll hear uh, at the end of the uh, the socials so enjoy that and again if anybody has any original music you want to send me i'll put it on a end of a solo show and uh thanks everyone that has done that it's been awesome all right uh, i think that's the end of this episode uh, you can uh, see my photography on Instagram at Gutterman Photo, on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. Uh, you can email this program and send Collins to negpositives at gmail.com. You can join the Facebook group, the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. And uh, we have an Instagram account under the account name Negative Positives, mostly ran by a friend of the show, Mr. Bryce Randall. If you submit photos to Instagram, uh, please uh, think about using the hashtag Negative Positives, and maybe Bryce will see it and highlight it for all of us to see. And finally, again, uh, one last time, the coffee donations that this month will go to support Roxana's work is uh, uh, www.ko-fi.com slash negative positives. And I think that's it. Okay, uh, folks, have a great week. Um, and I will say this uh, next uh, uh, next uh, week uh, when we have our, our next guest. We are already lined it up. Let me uh, make sure I have this right. <laughs> uh, Sam Warner. Sam Warner will be joining us next uh, Monday on the episode uh, as our guest. And uh, we will. Uh, I will have a Facebook uh, uh, you know, a, a post on the Facebook for you to ask Sam. Uh, questions he has a, a blog it's like the unrecovering photo addict <laughs> so and uh, but he will be our next guest so we'll have questions uh, we'll have a, a thread to ask him questions uh, uh, coming up this week so uh, but until then uh, everybody have a great week uh, we'll see you soon thanks for listening everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos
Production. <laughs>